0: Hey, what's going on? My name is Brandon with Lux. I'm here with Morgan Patterson and Matt, head of design. What's up, guys?
1: What's up, yeah. Brandon?
0: Pretty productive week, huh, Morgan?
1: Yeah, busy week. Yeah. Shout out here Monday. It's been all week uh, talking about product strategy, test results. Um, yeah, what 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 the next steps are, because we're just dropping a couple new products and, and looking forward to... A bunch of new ideas.
0: Yeah, I mean we finished the the new Veg light. Lux didn't have a Veg light, so we uh we worked on that for about, you know, eight a year. Um and now we we also finished the text testing on the XR spectrum. Yeah. And that's releasing. How many projects are are now are, how many projects are we now working on?
1: You guys uh you guys loaded me up with a bunch of ideas. Uh I think six or seven we're gonna yeah. look at. Uh yep some pretty cool stuff uh you know we gotta we gotta add it all up we gotta come up with the designs come up with new spectrum and uh you know get the mechanical and thermal stuff right and and then see you know see if it makes sense for the grower too right so it's um it's a long process but we're actually we're actually going to go faster this time
0: yeah we've been doing a lot of testing in general i mean ul labs and we've been testing in the gardens at jungle boys um what have you learned from those experiences
1: well you know coming in coming here to lux uh it's important to me that that what we're doing is evidence-based that we're, we're not just telling people something works when we're not sure or or something has certain performance when we're not sure about so you know, lights are are pretty easy to measure. You can send them out to a, a test lab like UL that's certified, and they they'll tell you everything you need to know about the light. Um, so we we like to check our lights so that when when we drop them in at Jungle Boys, and we get the results, we can relate the performance of the light to the to the grow test results. So that's super important. You know, that's something that i think is is missing a lot of the time and with a lot of claims and a lot of lights and a lot of crow claims so you know we we have a you know i want to i want to promote a culture of of evidence-based lighting here at lux and i I think it was it was that way before i got here and it's just uh want to continue on because leds have so so many things you can do with them and people make so many claims about them that you got to kind of get to the truth of the matter so that's that's what we do we test the lights at at lux make sure the outputs what we expect and what we what we design and then we we drop them in at at a grow test jungle boys is great for that and they they check them out and then we you know quantify the results from jungle boys and make sure make sure the products make sense
0: working with UL labs on thermal management what did we learn through that experience.
1: Yeah. So we thermal management, super important for, for led fixtures. Um, you know, LEDs, their performance in their lifetime is, is a function of the temperature that they're running at, at their, at their junction temperature. And their junction temperature is a function of the, of how hard they're being driven, the current and, and how well the heat's being managed by the fixture. And, you know, that's all it, also a function of the quality of the LED and the efficiency of the LED so when you look at the the thermal management the the board temps on a fixture it tells you you know it gives you a good idea of how long the, the fixtures gonna last and if there's some other issue going on there so you know we've been testing life testing our fixtures uh, at UL uh, you know using LM 84 IES LM 84 protocols at the max allowable temperature which is 40 degrees c which is uh like 104 degrees fahrenheit and that's that's harder than you'd have in most in any in any indoor grow and and in most greenhouses but what that does is it accelerates problems so you'll see them sooner because otherwise you're waiting you know thousands tens of thousands of hours to see if there's problems and we need to we need to know quicker than that so we we accelerate the test or we, we run them hot to accelerate the problems, and what we've seen with our fixtures is that the board temperatures, even at higher ambient test conditions, are really reasonable, and our LEDs will, will last or our fixtures will last
0: have you I mean we've also tested competitors and seen there's some really good um, thermal management, but there's also some really
1: yeah it, it's a when we do our tests we I'm, I'm sure everyone does this or maybe they don't we test our competitors fixtures to see um, you know to see how we stack up to see how our fixtures stack up and and uh, you know while it's happy with our our thermal management uh, some of the competitors were running like 20 degrees hotter which you know it starts to put you into the danger zone for the LED performance over time
0: how important is thermal management when it comes to leds
1: it, it's critical that's what ultimately um I, I would say it's it's one of the most important factors for a quality fixture is that the that you know the heat generated by the leds is managed appropriately so that you don't get uh premature failures and 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 reduce lifetime
0: I know we were talking about LM84 earlier, but what does it mean? Like what is M- LM84?
1: So LM84 is a is a test protocol defined by the Illuminating Engineering Society, that's IES, um, and that's an organization of, of like lighting professionals. It's a trade organization that I'm a member of and, and a lot of people in general illumination are members of, and, and you know, they, they work to together these standardized processes so that products can be compared or measured in the same way and uh, so LM 84 is a is a pretty basic um, life test you just run the run the light for a certain amount of time Um, there's also IES LM 79 which is a a photometric performance test which is our um, uh, that's how we test our products and everyone does and it can be applied to horticultural products so that tells you like how much lights getting out there what's the spectrum you know how much power going in stuff like that what's the what's the distribution of light coming off so these are standards developed you know in general for the general illumination industry that are applied to horticultural lighting we take advantage of them um, they're also developing or just finished developing a, a recommended practice standard for horticultural lighting. There's a committee for that. I was on that committee, you know, and it's, it's kind of a general standard, but it's meant to help, uh, general illumination lighting professionals understand what's going on in horticulture.
0: How long are we in our testing right now? I mean, we've been testing for about a year now. Um, but how many years is that on acceleration?
1: So we, We've been testing not, not quite a year. It's, uh, we're, we're over 5,000 hours now. So a year I think has like 8,600 hours. And, uh, and we've seen, you know, at 40 degrees C, we've seen a couple percent depreciation on our lights. So they've dropped 2%. That's, that's great. Um, under normal conditions, you know, if we have a 50,000 hour, uh, Q90, um, you'd expect that to happen shoot I don't want to do do bad math real quick here after like 10,000 hours right uh so it's we're seeing stuff in you know it's accelerated like two or three times basically okay um and maybe a little more it's it's uh
0: so it could be between three and five years yeah yeah uh, so three to five years you know at LM80 it could be there's not factual but about two percent loss on a lux fixture
1: yeah it, yeah so so let's see let's look at it like this um yeah i mean we're we're looking at i'd i was thinking it's something like under a twenty five c operating condition we the five thousand hours would be equivalent to like twelve thousand hours or, or twelve five and uh and you know that's on full on time right yeah. so in, in a in a in a grow where you're using twelve twelve. Twelve 18, twelve so twenty five thousand hours. So this is like uh three years, right? You know, three years of operation and they've dropped two percent. That's yeah. great.
0: Yeah. I ho- on the some of the other lights that we we're testing, what we we're seeing. Well there's our competitors lights. Yeah, I mean, there's we, we test everything.
1: So so one thing about LM eighty four is it compares against your initial light output, right? So that's you you compare your you you compare your depreciation against what you measured with LM79 at the start so with some of the competitor lights um, first of all they had you know 20 percent or more lower initial light output than they're claiming and that you know based on like a a Q90 consideration where you say you know after after the lights depreciated 10 percent it's done in horticulture because you're getting 10 percent less growth These lights have more than 10% off from the very beginning. So they're, they're kind of dead before they even start. But with that said, once they've been in this test, um, they just drop off super quick. they drop 20% and then 50% when, when ours have been dropping 2%. Uh, so that, that's not good. That's not good for growers. They're going to see, you know, pretty dramatic failures pretty quickly. And it, it, it was due to bad LEDs. I think that's that's clear.
0: Bad bad diodes.
1: Yeah, sorry, bad diodes. I bad mean, I mean, packages. you can't say it,
0: just different diodes. I mean, obviously bad diodes, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. They 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 had uh, these diodes that we saw had some some sort of uh, poor quality silicone in the encapsulant that just uh, yeah just took a dump. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so the, the Basically the LEDs were non-functional
0: yeah um, with diode quality, I mean, how does diode quality affect the final product?
1: so there's first of all there's performance, of course, you know the efficiency uh, of the of the product and you know the the top the top manufacturers, the top LED diode manufacturers can get pretty close to each other in terms of initial performance, but then, but then there can be a a drop off to the next tier of, of performance. And, and even among the better manufacturers, they have different calibers or bins of LEDs. Um, so there's, there's performance, um, there's like consistency of manufacturing. So are you, are you getting the same caliber, the same, level of performance with every LED and that's a big difference between the the premium LED manufacturers and the next level manufacturers there's um, you know how well the LEDs are protected against uh you know sulfur's the main thing that do they have sulfurization protection in the LEDs and then um it yeah they're so all of these things add up and and it, when you use a a, a lower caliber LED you know, the efficiency less, so you have more heat, you have, uh, uh, worse materials, less consistent materials. Maybe they switch materials around. Maybe they're using different suppliers, you know, to, to actually make the LEDs and, and you start to just kind of compound these problems and these uncertainties. And, and it's ultimately, it's not worth it. It's not worth it for the lighting manufacturer or the grower to take those risks because, you know, this is, this is a high stakes, uh, critical product that the lights are to to you know to power a pretty uh, valuable product so you you just you just don't want to be taking those risks yeah
0: um we asked some questions you know on IG and uh and there's some good ones you know definitely one of them was uh what's the what's the difference between PPF and PPFD
1: yeah, yeah, that's that is a good question. Um, it comes up a lot in all any any kind of lighting, right? Uh in, in general illumination it's the difference between uh, light output and, and illuminance and which is total light output is one is lumens, and the light that's hitting a surface is illuminance and it's the same thing in uh, in Hort. You have the total light output in, in micromoles per second and then you have the, the which is the PPF. And then you have the the light hitting a surface, which is PPFD, which is the you know the the amount of light on incident the on the canopy. Yeah, so that's you know really PPFD is the critical measure because that's the energy that the plants can that's available for the plants to pick up. Uh, you know, in, in earlier days with the LED technology, people kind of gamed PPFD. They'd pick a hot spot under the under their fixture and, and claim they had high PPFD which is probably true at just one spot but it's really important to have PPFD uh, over an area that's uniform that's high and uniform and but you can't get that unless you have PPF in the first place so you know the first thing I'd look at when when looking at a fixture is what's the PPF because you can't get PPFD without PPF in the first place and then, and then you look at the uniformity of the optics and the distribution uh, to see how, what the PPFD looks like.
0: What's more important, you think? PPF or PPFD, or are they equally important or they're just different?
1: They're, PPFD is is the more relatable measurement for for plant growth. It's what you use a PAR meter for, um, but like I said, you, they're both important. You can't get PPFD without PPF in the first place.
0: Now, I know you, uh, you talked to Bruce Bugley, Bugley a lot, and, um, uh, definitely about the subject of UV. I mean, he was just finishing some stuff. Can you go into that? And what, what, what do you think the benefits of UV are?
1: Yeah. So I do talk to Bruce a lot. We've worked on a few, few papers together and a, and a book chapter because, um, he's a great grower, and you know my my role is to connect the LED technology to to what the growers need and want. So he and I have been able to work together to to talk about that connection. Um, we've given Bruce some UVB bars. We made we made up a few bars here at Lux that you know just aren't available in the world. All the previous UVB studies have, have relied on fluorescent products, uh, which is fine. But it's cool to try try to make a new something n- never made before with uh, UV UV LEDs. Um, so, anyways, what what Bruce is seeing is that UVA and UVB uh, reduce yield, but don't don't improve CBD or THC at all.
0: Oh, it's just okay. Repeat that. Right yeah. Point.
1: So that's that's what Bruce is seeing is that um, uh, UV UVA and UVB reduce yield and don't improve thC or CBD at all and he's got a um uh like a a series of presentations that people can sign up for and, and he's got a, a presentation on this uh exact thing that's now, a
0: big statement to say
1: yeah and it's he will say it's like not hundred percent definitive because it's it does depend on the exact amount of uv that you're using and that how you're dosing it you know what the photo period is but yeah that's that's what he's seeing and i think that 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 lines up with kind of the under underlying plant physiological understanding which is you know with uva which is like 395 nanometers typically when when you get it from an led product um that's just outside the the par spectrum uh which starts at 400 and with that product you're basically engaging the same plant responses as as a violet or blue color but it's just less efficient photosynthesis is just less efficient with those photons Um, you know the other plant receptors for 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 morphological responses or other responses in the plant also you know don't just start at, at 395 or whatever they they're broad uh broad receptors and and you know, you get the same effects from violet or blue.
0: Is he going to continue down the path of, of testing the lights that we made for him?
1: Yeah. So he's, he's uh got those lights and he's going to keep looking at this. It's like, he's, it's not like a hundred percent definitive and, and he's excited. But we,
0: as of right now,
1: as of right now, you know, and, and we're sending him some UVA bars that we've made up to, you know, so we're, we're looking at this stuff. We're, we're open to it. And, you know, just to take a step back, go to that evidence-based lighting approach, you know, we need to see, see a connection between something a researcher does and, and, you know, understanding how it relates to underlying understanding of plant physiology, and then make our lights accordingly. And, and then too, we have to have lights that, you know, don't just work on some plants or a handful of plants, but work for, work at scale, you know, for 400 light rooms or thousand light rooms not you know not just a, a growth chamber at a lab not a tent not a tent you yeah. Know, so, yeah so yeah so we we take a pretty hard look at everything and you know if it's if it's something that's you know interesting and and makes sense and and credible you know we'll, we'll take a look at it but not everything translates to full-scale production and that's that's what we're talking about is really uh consistency at scale
0: yeah. No, if we, if we got the report back from, from Bruce saying, Hey, we're, we're seeing something here. We're seeing an uptick in THC. We're seeing, you know, a benefit. Um, we would then make several of them, you know, a few hundred of them yeah. and and take them to jungle boys.
1: That that's what we do when we, you know, that's, you know, and that's our process when we, when we have a, a, a like a cre- credible recent, uh, result or indicator that something's going to make sense and improve the bottom line for, for growers we we go after it hundred percent we make hundreds of lights to test at full scale um that's you know that's been our process that totally makes sense to me but but you know it has to be a scalable um a scalable product a scalable scientific result
2: and up until now we've just been doing like a low pressure mercury for uh UV so how long do you think have like uh leds UV LEDs been kinda of advancing.
1: Yeah. That's a that's a good question. So so and and yeah, you know, UV LEDs are not great. They're they're a new product, they're not super efficient compared to all the other LEDs that we use. So that's another consideration where it's like, yeah, you get this little benefit, but it takes a bunch of energy and it and it degrades other factors of performance in your fixture, then then like we said, it's not scalable. So right. most of the research that's like trickled up to this point is pretty old and based on you know studies that you know use way you know 20 30 40 year old genetics outdoor plants you know stuff that's not really um, the the state-of-the-art anymore so when we're looking for an advancement we're looking for an advancement over the state of the art not over something that's not the state of the art so a lot of a lot of things where people see a benefit and i'm sure you guys see this all all the time as somebody growing at small scale you know tries something and sees an advancement and they're like yeah this is great and and it is great that's good but it if you did that and you took that whatever they changed and tried it at jungle boys it wouldn't do anything because that that advancement's already baked into their processes
0: yeah i like how you put that what's your what's your uh, moving away from led or uv um, what's your thoughts about LEDs that are, have adjustable spectrums that the, that, the, that the user can change?
1: Yeah I mean, I think they're great research pro- products, uh, But unless a grower knows exactly what they need at exactly the time they need it, it's kind of it, it's, it's a lot of options, and that's cool, but what what that means in terms of a product is that you have a lot of LEDs in there that you're paying for that aren't being used a lot of the time. And then, you know, it is complicated, it adds cost and, and engineering complication to be able to control all these different LEDs. So, you know, the I think what's a better a better plan is to, to find the two or three color settings you need, uh, you know, for your plant and, and just engineer those in there instead of kind of having the infinite options.
0: Yeah, from my understanding, when you're making an adjustable spectrum, you're paying for, for diodes and drivers that you can't use.
1: Yeah, that that you use a little bit, you know, but, uh, you know, practically speaking, and it goes back to doing things at scale. You know, you're just not, you're not. It's not necessary that beneficial, at least from, you know, current indications, to be able to be constantly tuning your LEDs. It just doesn't it's not clear that it helps enough to to uh warrant having all those extra leds in there that aren't 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 on a lot of the time and uh to have the extra complication and and it's a headache for the for the grower because they're sitting there with their controller you know trying to figure stuff out like control this thing set set programs set scenes it's another place where things can go wrong so it, it just doesn't seem like it's it's scalable and and the benefits aren't aren't clear
0: what what led replaces a 1000 watt hps
1: the lux 645 replaces a 1000 watt hps uh you know a 1000 watt hps a good one might give you ppf uh 1900 at best micromoles per second the the lux 645 puts out about 1600 micromoles per second and it can be a lot closer to the canopy and it distributes the light better so you get you get actually a better ppfd more uniformity so that's a great one for one replacement right there
0: so on the 860 it'd be more than an hp a thousand yeah,
1: watt it, it's more it, you get it's it's the next level up so it's it's uh you know and the 6 i'd say the 645 is clearly an advancement over an hps uh but but the um 860 is just the next level of advancement to get you a larger canopy area, get you better results around the edges.
0: Um, this one I'll answer. So importance of EC and the difference of CalMag deficiency. I mean, the importance of EC with PPFD, as you increase your PPFD, you need to increase your EC. Um And if you have a balanced line, you don't need to add CalMag. So as far as adding CalMag, you know, with growing with LEDs and the importance of EC is it just depends on the line that you're using. Um, If you're using a good nutrient line with everything in it, you don't need to add CalMag. And if you're using a not so balanced line, um, you might need to add CalMag. Um, so, you know, with a, with a line like Athena, you just add it in and, and we kind of fix the problem for you. Um, so you just need to increase EC. Um, let's see here. Why can plants tolerate a higher PPFD outside rather than inside?
1: And they can tolerate the same, you know, it's, uh, photons are photons in the environments, the environment, uh, you know, it's not really an outside versus inside thing, uh, what, what I think the question is getting at is that the, the peak, uh, PPFD, you know, in the summer for, you know, a few, few hours in the middle of the day is higher than what, what people typically run inside. But, but for plants, it's, it's, um, it's about DLI as much as PPFD, which is the daily light integral, which is the PPFD over the course of, of a 24 hour period. And, 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 When you look at it, indoor growers have, you know, the same or higher DLI as what you'd get outside. So the plants can tolerate, you know, temporary high PPFD, but it's much lower in the mornings and in the evenings and later in the year. In the indoors, it's consistent and you have, you know, consistent uh, optimal PPFD for the plants year round. And the, that translates to a good DLI that the plants can accommodate. So they're, they're integrating the, the, the light, the photons over the course of a whole day. And that's, that's what DLI is telling you.
0: Yeah. So as the sun comes up, you have less DLI. Yeah. And then, you know, most people are going outside with their PPFD meter and saying, oh, 2,000 PPFD, that's 12 right. o'clock noon. Mm-hmm. And then as the sun goes down, you're yeah. losing DLI.
1: Yeah. So. Or you know,
0: PPFD, which equates to DLI.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, greenhouse growers and outdoor growers, you know, they're very familiar with this. They, they target a DLI that they want to achieve in a greenhouse and will you know, turn off or on their, their lights to supplement to get to that DLI. Um, so they know it's about, it's about what happens over the whole day, not just one point in time. So, so, you know, when people have, uh, a par meter, that's like kind of the tool that most people have. That's a one point in time measurement and it's it's you know that's telling them one thing but it's not telling them the whole story you got to get a like a dli meter which means you have a data logger and it's it's less convenient so people you know defer to uh um ppfd but uh bruce bruce was telling me that apogee's coming out with a dli meter which looks pretty slick so uh people in greenhouses can can measure that
0: um matt you do a lot of work with design on layouts of greenhouses, and then you look at the geographical location, and then you do the DLI set point, and then that gives you the equation. What is that equation on PPFD to DLI, and how do you do that? Like, What's that process look like?
2: Um, well, like Morgan was saying, um, it's just carrying PPFD out one more step. So all you have to do is just calculate. You can multiply by um, seconds in an hour, because when you're taking a PPFD measurement, you're going by second. So it's thirty-six hundred seconds uh, in an hour. You multiply by that, and you multiply by whatever your photo period is on. So for flower, twelve hours, Um, and then that'll give you your DLI. So that's another thing is when you're looking at ambient DLI levels. um, A lot of times they can look really, really high in certain months, but that's just because the lights on period is over twelve hours. You know, so when you have really long summer days, that kind of pushes your dli levels really high even though you're not going to be able to get that in the greenhouse
0: what do you see on dli what's your optimum dli on on cannabis plants well so you try to achieve
2: if you have like an 800 ppfd average that's somewhere around about a 34 dli so um i kind of use that as like the benchmark for baseline levels of like if you can hit this then you'll be able to fire all year
0: gotcha gotcha um, with the PPFD, you know, and and what what's more important between the two, DLI or PPFD? I mean, DLI seems to be
2: hand in hand. I mean, it's hand in hand. Yeah, you can run that equation backwards too. So you can take your DLI, and then convert that to PPFD. So either way, with with indoor, because there is no like sunup sundown period, you're controlling the lights. Just looking at PPFD is enough because you can stay, you can maintain that PPFD for as long as you want on your photo period,
0: which is going to equate to your DLI. Exactly. Now, is there a point where there's too much DLI?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like too much PPFD. Like exactly. It, it, That's it's where I was uh, going. Yeah. No, it's, um, you know, there's an optimum point and it's, it's kind of a moving target. Like people are learning more. Definitely. People are running higher PPFD than they, they might've in the past. Right. Uh, but, you know i think good growers know their optimum ppfd where they can get like the most high quality yield um so they they balance they find that that set point and they they design around you know that that point where they get like i said they get the most out of out of the situation the 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 yield times the value of the yield
0: matt what's your thoughts on I mean, high PPFD. I
2: think that, um, uh, like, kind of the example that I use, or what kind of stands out is the difference between indoor and outdoor. You know, I've I've seen really good outdoor, but if you're comparing apples to apples, you have you know the same grower, you're always going to see like higher quality on indoor, and I think that that's kind of the cost of pushing those really really high numbers, is like you'll end up with more plant matter, and you can still get really good results. Um, but there's still a little bit of sacrifice on quality.
0: So, you know, potentially if you're mimicking the PPFD of the sun inside, you're going to be getting
2: less quality
0: outdoor weed indoors.
2: Yeah, yeah that's yeah.
0: kind of the and you can look at a lot of there's those 1500 LED companies, you know, putting out some crazy PPFD numbers, 1800 or whatnot. And then all you have to do is look on their Instagram and see the cannabis that's being produced with those LEDs. Right. And then you go to another LED company, whether it be us or somebody else that's averaging, you know, that thousand or thousand to twelve hundred PPFD, and you look at the cannabis that they're growing. Just,
2: and, and I think a lot of that design just kind of comes from um, throwing lots at a problem, you know, instead of like really dialing in like all of your metrics. So I think that kind of like what morgan was saying earlier i think those are really good for kind of testing different crops in like an r d room but as far as running like uh you know your flower rooms like that I, I don't think it's
1: there's another thing part to this you know i said with a with a spectrally tunable fixture you got a lot of leds that you've you've paid for but you're not using so if you have one of these high high flyer fixtures and you're never turning it up all the way You just paid for a bunch of LEDs. You're not, you're not using exactly. So you know it's it's about it's about getting 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 all the settings right. You know, getting the product right. You know, everything working together with the growth environment, with the um, the other conditions. You know, the nutrients. Everything working together, and that's uh, and and you know, having lighting products that support that. That's what it's all about.
0: One of the questions that, uh, we were asked is, is can LEDs produce more PPFD than an HPS? Yeah, I,
1: you know, they can, they can produce more PPFD and, and it can be more uniform than an HPS. And and that's, those are both good things and and they'll do it with fewer input Watts. I mean, that's, that's the change we're going through right now in this industry and you know there's some other other differences that growers need to you know accommodate for temperatures a little different and some some of the heating effects of the radiative elements out of the out of the HPS but yeah i mean no doubt LEDs can get you higher PPFD and and more uniformity and those are the two critical factors and uh, like we we're just talking about you don't want it to go too high but but LEDs can get you Exactly what you want, and if people say, you know what, we probably need 50 more, <laughs> uh 50 more micromoles per second per meter squared in in the future, or 100 or something, then then we'll make LEDs that'll do that for you.
0: But earlier you said that the Lux D 1000 or a good D, double-ended 1000 HPS puts out 1900 PPF, and then you said that the Lux 645 Pro is a direct one-for-one replacement. it only has 16, 1700 PPF. Then how, how is that?
1: Well, you can, you can, because it's not hot and because it's more uniform, you know, it's, it spreads out the light sources over a larger area. You can drop it right down on the top of the canopy. So, I mean, you know, the, the Lux D 1000 is a great product that was designed to, to get you uniformity and PPFD. It was, you know, it's kind of a groundbreaking product that, that, uh, you know, took the elements from greenhouse HPS fixtures. And then, you know, some of the problems with the early indoor HPS fixtures that were kind of clunky and, 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 you know, just did it better. Right. And, and it's a good product. No, no doubt. But, uh, with the LEDs, you, because you can direct the light better. I mean, that's, that's, you can generate the light more efficiently and you can direct it better and there's less heat involved. You can drop you can drop a really kind of distributed light source right on top of the canopy. You get the light go- going through the canopy at all different angles from different different source points, so you get great penetration. Um, it just it does get you higher PPFD and better uniformity at lower input power.
2: So that also looks like a good example of the difference between PPF and PPFD. Because with HPS, you have a fixture that has a higher PPF, but you can only run them so close to the canopy because of their intensity. Exactly. And but also, I mean, I've tested fixtures that had a really high PPF and they just weren't good at getting that to the canopy. So you see a big loss depending on how good the design is of a fixture, HID or LED.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't work in the other direction. So early LEDs, they'd have, I don't know, a half or two thirds of the PPF of a right of an hps and they'd say oh yeah but our distribution's better and our spectrum's better it's like nah it doesn't work that way you gotta have you gotta have the horsepower there in the first place and then and then you have to put it in the right place yeah
0: you gotta disperse it properly on the canopy that's right we did a lot of testing um a long time ago with a uh, percentage of ppfd loss of how high you hung the fixture i mean we did like 10 feet we did i mean we did all, all of them Um, What what were those percentages? I mean, what were you seeing? Every foot, what what percentage of loss PPFD were you seeing per foot?
2: Well, I mean, it grows exponentially. You know, you're spreading um, the same amount of lumens over a greater source uh, or um, surface area. So yeah, I mean, it goes down, and the more you quick or the higher you pick it up, the quicker it goes down. We were seeing, I mean, it was starting at like 15 and then going up. 25 and kind of growing at that rate
0: 15 percent a foot yeah and then growing as you went higher Mm -hmm. um, loss of ppfd on the canopy yeah so i mean so say uh you have to hang a light three foot over the canopy compared to one foot over the canopy so that's two foot greater what are we looking at loss of ppfd
2: i mean generally if we're testing it like a foot off we'd see anywhere between like 800 and 900 ppfd And by the time you get to three feet, it'd be down to like between four and 500. Yeah.
0: But so, so what's happening is lights or led lights that, that are high powered that you're having to put three foot over the canopy. I mean, what's the percentage loss? I mean, 30, 35% loss in energy.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say it's kind of two different designs too. You know, like I think there is an application for that. Um, like our veg lights, um, sit pretty high off canopy and still have really good coverage so it kinda of plays back to, de- to the design of like kinda of what you're trying to do and there's yeah. definitely a right way to do it.
0: Yeah, but our lights are 400 watts. Right, right.
2: So that's the thing is if you're stacking if you're trying to make like a one to one comparison or um, uh, equivalent and you stack your diodes really really tight you're gonna start heat soaking your boards and so it's gonna cause thermal management issues so um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a right way to do that, like distance to canopy. But yeah. in general, I mean, you're always going to diminish your intensity.
0: Morgan, I mean, am I, could I be right by saying that a fixture that you hang three foot over the canopy over one foot over the canopy, you could be losing 30% efficiency? Am I right by saying that or am I wrong? You're
1: over a, a given area. Yeah, you're, you're, you're losing a lot of light that's not hitting that area anymore. I mean, it's, it's it's, intensity. Yeah. 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 So, so if you have a a canopy you're trying to light and you start raising up your fixture, you know, a lot of that lights falling outside of that area, that canopy. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a loss and, and Matt, Matt touched on something that's kind of a, a pet peeve of mine. It's when, when people take, take LED technology and try to make it look like the old technology and act like the old technology and and ultimately what that gets you is kind of the worst of both worlds so you you take the leds and you you compromise their benefits and you've you've you by by trying to shoehorn them into an old old form factor with old old performance levels that you're matching and and then you know you you that that form factor that design is based on the limitations of the previous technology so you're you know in this case when people are making like led products that that look like uh, des or act like des you know you have to hang them high which is a shortcoming you have to jam the leds tight which so is a thermal yeah you got thermal problems um you know it's and and it's like why why would you do that why not you know the perfect light is like a a nice even spread out light that you can lay out over the canopy, something you could even do wall to wall lighting with in a room. And so the, you know, you just have light coming from every angle, hitting the canopy at every angle, having a you know, pretty much perfect uniformity. It just, it, it seems crazy to me. People, people trying to make new technology look like old technology.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. All right. Um, some more questions do LEDs make plants use NPKs different than other rate of sunlight or HPS?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, 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 defer to the growers and, and, you know, Roach has been talking to me about this. When you, when you go to LEDs, the thermal situation's different and, uh, and that affects how much you water the plants and it affects then how, how you feed them. And, uh, you know how how the nutrients are moving through the through the system so you know there there is a difference uh, but you know if you if you do take a step back photons are photons your environment's your environment if you if you made LEDs with the exact same or similar spectrum as an HPS and you ha- and you match the thermal environment you know to the HPS then then you know the the uptake of nutrients would be similar the the issue is when you when you do make a change from hps to led you're you're affecting the thermal environment you're affecting the ppfd situation so so you have to make accommodations you have to balance your water you have to balance your nutrients and you know make an adjustment and that's it's not a not a problem for good growers uh but it's you know it's not just fire and forget and you don't have to worry about it
0: you can kind of mitigate some of those problems by just increasing the temperature of your room to yep. increase what do you got? Perspiration, what would you call that?
1: I think it's respiration, respiration, like the amount amount of water that the leaves are giving off into the environment, how you know how much water's moving through the uh through the system. Uh you know, definitely leaf temperature is lower under LED uh compared to HPS, but it's not a ton. Um it's a couple degrees. You know, so I think it's it's more broadly environmental than just the leaf temperature. It's like you're drying out the substrate quicker. Uh, you know, and some other factors in there, but it's totally uh, adjustable. You can, you can fix those, those issues.
0: No, cool. I think that that was it. No, I'm excited to work on these new projects with you. You know, we're working on U S manufacturing. That's right. Right. That's one of our, our goals. Um, We're working on, we don't want to go too deep into it. Right.
1: Well, I mean, just, just to, talk about some of the stuff that's coming up soon you know we've got you know improved spectrum for our flower products which is awesome I mean it's when you think about how many how many of these products are out there and and you know it's it's a it's like a, a modest change but it was driven by results from our testing and and that modest change is going to be like a modest change for a lot of growers right a lot of yeah. benefit yeah and and, and So that's, uh, I think that's super, a super good outcome of, of our research process. And then, you know, with our, our new bars coming out, those are killer products. I mean, they're just really have great efficiency, great optical performance. Uh, We're using top-notch LEDs. The form factor is going to give people a lot of flexibility to, uh, to try new things. And, and, you know, even going forward from that people, you know, uh, with some of the as we, as we put out new spectrum or, or more spectrum for the bars, people can, can, uh, really, uh, have a good time for research, but, but get just what they need. In what, the,
0: what was the efficacy on, on our new, uh, uh veg light from UL labs, from a, a reputable lab,
1: 3.05 micromoles per joule. And, and one of the, one of my design criteria, I mean, which is awesome. Right. And that, that actually relates to 60%, uh, Radiative efficiency that's watts out, optical watts out for electrical watts in, which is exceptional for any lighting product anywhere. Um, that includes LED losses and losses that are unavoidable in the fixture. so that's a really good product but what's what's nice about the the veg bar is like uh you know a lot of these high flying efficacy products have really terrible spectrum to work under for for humans and to look at plants under you know so it's hard to tell what's going on the um the new spectrum that we're putting out there has good color quality i mean it's not it's not perfect because it's designed for plants but it's good it's a lot easier to work under a lot easier to see what's going on it's um so that's that was important to me because you know people have to work in these environments and you don't want to Uh, make it any harder than it has to be
0: yeah mess up their eyes Yeah.
1: yeah and i I don't think i wouldn't say that it it's just yeah you ever walk out of a grow room that has one of those magenta or blurple uh colors um it's you got to adjust and and what that means when you're working under a spectrum that just has has blue and red in it is that if something's green you're you're just not going to see it so if you're looking for something on the plant that's green that's you know going to tell you something about how the crow's going it's it's tough to see and that's that's not the best you need to be able to inspect the plants so i'm i'm excited about that um feature not to say you know we are having a version of the of the bar that is is blue and red and we like that too but it's it's harder to work under and and that's that product uh, is specifically designed for stacked grows to keep uh, keep the stature
0: a little shorter on the plants. So we, I mean, as we're changing spectrum, we're changing the way plant grows for sure. You know, that's, uh, you know,
1: with our, with both of these spectrum, they use a ton of red, they, you know, red LEDs, uh, as much red as we can get and still have quality growth and you know, that, that change affects how the plants grow. It affects the quality of the growth. And, you know, for sure we saw it in flower when we tested it there and, and it had some negative effects, which is why we're not recommending it for, to use for flower, but it had a lot of positives too. So, you know, (laughs) if you're a grower and you want to push the envelope, you know, check it out. But, uh, it's, um, it's something to watch out for. But yeah, the the red, the red helps. The red LEDs are the most efficient, so you're saving energy. You're delivering the the photons plants want, and uh, um, we just saw really good results uh, with with these spectrum.
0: The only problem is they're
1: they're the most expensive too. They are the most expensive. They're and and uh, you know, yeah, they're 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 expensive because they're, they're expensive. so they're so good. Yeah. So you know, I'll just uh, you know. You don't use red, red LEDs in general illumination lighting, right? So they're, they're, exo- they're a little bit exotic still. And if, where people do use red LEDs historically is in taillights. And nobody cares how efficient those, <laughs> those tail lights are because they're better than the incandescent, filtered incandescents that, that cars used to use. So the, the LED companies that make reds have had to just really improve their products And, and the market was a lot smaller up until horticulture for the red LEDs. So this is like to an LED company, this is like an overnight change. Like this market's like, we need these reds and they need to be really good. And so, uh, it's, you know, that makes it, makes them expensive. Um, but more, more manufacturers will come online. I I think a lot of the LED companies are going to use more red,
0: like, like we are, you know, so, It'll it'll flatten out soon. Yeah Now nice, um, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you coming out. It's been a fun week Yeah, we had we had a lot of fun. We got some
1: some cool new stuff in the pipeline.
0: Yeah, so keep you busy Yeah, definitely keep you busy. So what projects are you working on right now? How many how many? Uh, layouts how many light layouts are you doing right now?
2: Mm, I just finished a commercial facility These guys are going hard. It's like over 3,000 lights that they're going to be hanging um, in phase one. Um, And then I'm working with uh, another company that has a couple different projects online. GTI. Yeah.
0: You got GTI. You got Steezy up there. Yeah. Kings Garden.
2: There's some big ones. There's some fun ones for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're you're busy. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we'll keep both of you guys grinding. Um, Appreciate you guys' time. And uh, that wraps it up. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Cool. See you. Thanks.